Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. See, we like to put the fun in cancer treatment. We like to keep it fun. See? They missed so See? much physical humor based on right? chemotherapy. Yeah. Idiots. We will not make that mistake if you fund our movie, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash godawful. You're getting radiation. The guy just like points it back at you. Hey, come on. <laughs> come on. Look at my hair. Ah. <laughs> I better end up a ninja turtle. That's all I'm saying. Come on. Now I've got dick cancer. I'm going to have to get chemo right in the dick. That's messed up. <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema without a net. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. So, uh, you know what app I'm going to invent? Uh, no, I don't. Tinder for Oncology Wards. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a good app. Lululemia. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you were watching this movie and seeing opportunities. That's scary. And sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Hate to disappoint you, Heath, but that app already exists. It's called the Tinder. Make-A-Wish Donor Page. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could just use Tinder or Grinder while you're at the ward, too. Yeah, they, they can't stop you. <laughs> can't stop you. And they're not going more than 100 feet, right? You get that little location thing in Grinder. You know... Which chemo patient you're talking about? It's like a metal detector. It's the best. <laughs> all right. So we're already nine cancer jokes in before we've given it any context at all. So tell us, Heath, please, what will we be breaking down today? We watch cancer. cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched a movie. It's about cancer. It's called My First Miracle. And it's the story of how God's not a big fan of single-payer socialized medicine. <laughs> it's uh, not enough incentive to be a rich person at that point, I guess, in God's opinion. And he gives cancer to kids, just to be sure nobody misses that point. So, uh, yeah, God's a deplorable the movie. That's yeah. what we watched. Well, what's he supposed to do? FedEx is miracles, Heath? Get woke. Get woke. <laughs> and Eli, how deplorable was this movie? Well, if you loved Fault in Our Stars, but you didn't read it because mother says the devil children touched their bits. <laughs> you <laughs> will love them. It's our fault, the movie. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> all right. So, okay. I have to ask, would either of you been at all surprised if halfway through this movie, the writer and director nope. snuck into your house with a knife and an onion? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if the creature people saw in Bird Box was this movie. If you told me there was a reel of uh, deleted footage of just a guy wheeling around a TV with My First Miracle, people blowing their heads off, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> Bird Box makes so much sense now. <laughs> All right. So is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to go with best worst Content warning, again, from the Dove Foundation. Oh, These are my great, fucking favorite. Awesome. 
movie. This, I feel like this movie was a little edgy for the Dove Foundation. It was oh, for sure. very edgy for the Dove Foundation. <laughs> uh, first of all, one of the warnings was sex, young man and woman kiss. Um, also, nudity, what? woman in nightgown in bed, semicolon, mild cleavage. Oh. So, <laughs> nudity, that was under nudity. And that means they had a guy with a tape measure on his screen checking the length of cleavage <laughs> of a 17-year-old girl and warning us about it. I want to see his reference chart. <laughs> I would love to see his materials. Um, and also, there was a warning about language. Um, they count for you the language fouls. We had butt, one, sucks, one, crap, one, stupid, one. A young man calls himself an idiot. That That's a warning. <laughs> also, G slash OMG six. They won't write out God or oh my God. <laughs> but there were six of those. Also, H one. I'm assuming hell was said once. They wouldn't write that out either. G's. G-E-E-Z two. What? Yep. yep. G's. And pissed one. But pissed has an asterisk instead of the letter I. They couldn't type the word pissed because their content warning would then need a content warning. <laughs> and it took them a while to figure out the infinite regress problem on that. Eventually, they were like, no, we have to put a fucking star. This is crazy. This is getting crazy. It's, it never stops clicking. It never have to keep doing it. Here's the crazy thing. You know some guy finished writing that content warning and then got on Twitter to call someone a snowflake. Yes. <laughs> my president's just locker room talking, so I got to finish my work for the Dove Foundation. P-I- nope, too close, too close. <laughs> Motherfucker, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I had best worst criminal backstory. <laughs> okay, so there's this like, you know, like, and this is such a, a trope of a fucking character, but there's this character, this homeless guy who has a mysterious criminal background and he's like running from the cops and then eventually you find out what it does and it's like one step above mattress tag removal. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> also, they they can't decide why he's homeless. We'll get to it because we have to talk about this entire fucking movie. But like, maybe he has schizophrenia. Did he murder a person? It's like there were two fighting script writers <laughs> in the script, yes. and the other one just kept being like, "I'm sorry. Did I say I murdered him? Because that would be stupid, Alan." <laughs> <laughs> And Eli, do you have any best worsts? I so this is odd. I'm gonna go with best worst vomiting. Huh. So someone told the dueling writers of this film that vomiting is a part of chemo. So this poor actress, who is actually fairly talented, just someone filled her mouth with peanut butter at nine random times throughout this filming and was like, quick, spit it out against the window. That's what vomiting looks like. I feel like no one involved with this film has ever vomited. She just gently leans over to a spittoon. Also, that's crazy, too. You wouldn't, you know, spit the peanut butter out. That's not like that's good just peanut a bad butter. technique. I'm going to eat that. All right. Well, if we talk about this for too long, we're going to think better of reviewing it. So we're going to keep the break brief here. When we come back, we'll dive into all the schlock that is my first miracle. Hi. 
I'm Noah Illusions here to talk to you about 4hymns.com. Noah, sorry to interrupt, but I don't think anyone we know or who listens to this show is going to need 4hymns.com. Hey, guys, what's up? What do you think of my hat? You like it? It's, uh, it's a pirate hat. Why are you wearing a yep. hat? So, yeah, you like it? Pirate hat. See, no, no one we know needs. Look, uh, Eli, sixty-six percent of men lose their hair by the age of thirty-five. A lot of guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science. Medicine and science? Maybe a glow-in-the-dark shirt. I was thinking glow-in-the-dark shirt and science, aka forhims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. They offer well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Uh, what if I started uh, talking in an accent like this? Huh? Accent? Right? Pretty interesting, yeah? Like this? What accent? Blue in the dark shirt? So wait, uh, don't you have to go to a doctor or something to well, get the... that's the great thing, Eli. Beforehims.com, there's no waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. Just a few quick questions. A doctor will review it and can prescribe what you need. Then the products are shipped directly to your door. I could buy a motorcycle, right? Or two. I could get two motorcycles. I'd be two motorcycle guy, okay. right? Uh, not sure anyone we know would want to use it, but just just in case, Noah, how would they try forhims.com? Well, if you want to order now, our listeners get a trial month of four hymns for just $5 today. Right now, while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Just go to forhims.com slash gam. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash G A M. Forhims.com slash gam. Well, I guess now we know, just in case, you know, anyone we know or anyone who listens to the show might want help keeping their hair. Guys, look, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Heath, right? doesn't that hurt? Uh, I mean, yeah, but like, how much hair does fire guy have, right? You don't know. You have no idea, right? Fire card. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Mrs. Jansen. Oh, hey, boys. Come on in. Great. Yeah, so uh, we were wondering how things were going on the, uh, the My First Miracle script. Oh, you're all set, boys. Here you go. Oh, wow. Cool. Thanks, Mrs. Jansen. Thanks. You know, when we said, can you make a Fault in Our Stars Christian movie, we weren't sure you'd be up for it, but... Oh, boys, I'm not that much of a fuddy-duddy. I did my research. Uh, for instance, I was looking at the poster... And I know that the the boy has to be homeless because I mean his hair, right? Ooh. Um, the oh. the boy in Fault in Our Stars isn't homeless. Oh, so well, he is in our movie, and of course, the girl she has uh, that terrible uh, cancer of the of the bald. Nope, you know. No, uh, Mrs. Jansen, did did you read the book? Uh, no, dear. Far too much SCX in that book for um, this chance. Did you, did you watch the movie based on it? No, again, same problem. But I went to the Minions movie at the theater next door and I listened real hard. Got it. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that explains why you gave the characters, quote, a yellow Mexican friend. That <laughs> makes more sense now. Isn't he a hoot? Yeah, we're not keeping him. Banana. (laughs) 
And we're back for the breakdown. And before the movie even starts, we've got a series of subpar production logos saying in no uncertain terms, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) (laughs) My first note is just, oh, I picked a movie that's two hours long. Fuck me. (laughs) One of these times we're going to get good logos, though. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be really weird. I'm excited. Yeah, but instead we get vision films, vision film. Oh, wow. It's an entendre and a half. We get Yale Productions. Gee, I wonder if they're affiliated with the school. No. Uh, and then we we open the movie on a guy on the street playing cello, like a homeless guy playing a cello. Yes, one of the famous homeless cello players. Ain't no place to sleep tonight. Just me and my $500 instrument minimum. Bare, bare minimum, assuming that it's not even a little nice. Yeah. In this case. Cello's a weird pick. For the yeah. homeless guy. Yes, it's not a very <laughs> He's portable got like a one. 50-piece drum set just in a circle. <laughs> All right, man. Like, learn the violin. Sell down that enormous piece of wood. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Play the ukulele, man. Come on. It's, it would be so easy. And, and also, I find this really interesting, okay? Because a lot of this movie... You know, this movie's not really about this homeless guy with a cello, but he appears over and over again in this film. So maybe you would think they would open the the, the credits with cello music, right? But instead, we're no. seeing a guy play cello <laughs> and we're hearing a shitty piano riff. Ooh, Noah, I don't want to be that guy. We are not seeing someone play cello. <laughs> <laughs> we are seeing someone, I assume, trying to saw through a cello. <laughs> No, you just have the stationary finger up top and you go back and forth with the little with the little bow. No, I get it. All right. The sound that must have made would be like re raw. <laughs> but they could have got a cellist to play the ch- and then just ah oh, okay. They, I mean there are ways around this shit. We've seen this done before. All right. So now our narrator cuts in to tell us that she's a 17-year-old girl and she's never really been in love and a lot of people would say, who gives a shit? But she's dying, which lowers the stakes on this, really. I mean, this matters even less. It's not like she's going to be depressed at 21 because she never had a boyfriend or anything. But anyway, so <laughs> she's dying. She's 17. She's never been in love. And oh, by the way, she's drop dead gorgeous, too. Yes, yeah, she definitely. Is. And they're trying to hide this beautiful actress behind her, like, winter gear and her her cancer, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, she's about to get like she's all thatted, but it's fucking <laughs> stupid because like like she pulls a pencil out of her hair and a tumor out of her brain, and then like <laughs> shakes out the hair that's missing, and then oh, this is stupid. Okay, forget it. But yeah, no, she's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The whole movie tries to pretend the fact that her head is shaved makes her like horrifying because she's so ashamed of it. But yeah. like every time she's just like, I, I feel like someone in hair and makeup was like, huh? How about this horrific beast? Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Hairless is beautiful. <laughs> movie is racist. The whole movie was a real, real attack on Heath and I. <laughs> All right. And so oh, in addition to meeting her, we're also going to meet asshole homeless guy. Okay. So we have cello homeless guy and then we have asshole homeless guy, Sean. And Sean shows up to just be the worst goddamn person there is. Okay, I did 
fucking street performance before. I was a busker. The worst possible thing that can happen to you is this fucking guy shows up. I'm sorry, the worst thing that can happen to you is a fucking half-drunk preacher man shows up. But the second worst is this guy shows up. Some homeless guy starts show, shows up and starts trying to fucking run people like, hey, give this guy money, huh? Huh? Fuck uh, you. The worst. The worst. The worst possible. And also, like, the, the wonderful thing about this movie, right? One of the truly wonderful things about this movie is the opportunity to see Fault in Our Stars, which is already super fucking stupid through an even dumber lens, <laughs> right? Because like Fault in Our Stars, I don't know who whispered this through a wall to whatever Dove, you know, reviewer wrote this movie. <laughs> They were like, it's a mischievous boy. And the Dove Christian movie version of a mischievous boy is homeless man who goes around robbing and bothering people in that order. Yep. Yeah, right. We see him pick a pocket on the way in here as well. All right. So, yeah. So he shows up there to, to like, you know, drum up some business for the cello player. And, and just then narrator girl shows up and she's like, hi, all I have to give you is this quarter, but your music is beautiful. And he freezes like when a pretty girl flirts with Heath. It's this <laughs> crazy, awkward moment where he's just staring at her like his hands are moving under his clothes or something. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold outside. That was unrelated. You don't know. <laughs> I'm often in cold places. That's how it happens. Yeah. So, so she, she and 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 then asshole homeless guy Sean gives her some shit for only giving a quarter, but then he takes the fucking quarter. Yes. Uh, He's the worst. He's the absolute worst. Also, visually, I'm going to say he looks like every drug dealer's sidekick guy on the couch, dude. That yes. sucks. Oh, Has to goodness, talk to you yes. while you're fucking wait. Just like, you know what the real story? No, no. Whatever. <laughs> nope. Whatever the real story you think you're about to tell me. No, absolutely not. Do not do not tell me that. Okay, but the Fed, the Fed's not a Ponzi scheme. I will fucking nope. stab you. I know for a fact he hired you because you were the only person he knows that owns a bike. But I'm here now. So the whole point of coming here was to not see you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so she leaves and the cello guy's going to pack up and leave. But before he does, he gives a coat to asshole homeless guy. It's the man. He's, he's like, oh, do you have anything in light blue? <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a green guy. Can I maybe get your extremely well-tailored corduroy jacket that you're wearing. That really, <laughs> really nice pea coat that cost hundreds of dollars. No. Hey, that comes around, though. That makes sense later. Um, but yeah. I, I feel for this actor, for the guy playing the cello player, because his assignment was to angrily offer this guy a thicker coat. Right? <laughs> I feel like he did the best you could do with that. <laughs> but I, I want him in other jobs, though. Like he's he's working at men's warehouse. Get over here. We love the way you'll feel. Come here. Guarantee it. <laughs> All right. So now we're done with them. We head over to a construction site where the bulldozer operator has nodded off on the job. OK, I'm going to save everyone a tremendous amount of time. This is Cancer Girl's dad. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is supposed to be about how he loses his job. He doesn't lose it in this scene. Don't worry. It's a two-hour movie. He won't lose his job for a while. But they could have picked him doing any job where he falls asleep and he gets fired from. The only task they had for this scene was not to pick a job where his sleepiness <laughs> endangered the life and safety of hundreds of people. <laughs> that was your only 
job as a screener. I'm a bomb diffuser for the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So he's, but yeah, but he's just working so hard. He, he's falling asleep. And then we also see um, asshole homeless guy takes the quarter that he stole and he uses it to make a phone call at a payphone. Um, least realistic thing in this movie, there is a payphone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a phone booth, no less. Bullshit. But he's he's ta- he calls and there's a girl's voice on the other end, a really young girl, and he doesn't say anything. And she's like, I know who you are, fucking perv. <laughs> I Okay. I also had that. Like, they're later going to establish what this is. But when you have a guy who has only been established as a robber and a creeper call a child and she's like, I know who you are. I don't immediately assume, oh, I bet they're long lost siblings. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, kind of a creepy introduction. This is where he also take he rolls up his sleeve and fingers his uh, incredibly feminine charm bracelet. Yeah, but that comes back. It matters. I'm going to say it now. I'm going to add this to the Christian movie bingo canon. Man wearing incredibly feminine Christian jewelry from a catalog. It's on the bingo card. (laughs) 2.0. That's good. (laughs) All right. So now Diane Girl is in getting some chemo, right? The nurse is not very good at giving her uh, the like finding her vein for the shot or whatever. The nurse is missing. She like accidentally lunges forward and gets her in the middle of the chest. She's like, oh, <laughs> that's your heart, right? That's the source if you of were it doing all. heroin, though, that would, would, would have been great. I would have <laughs> nailed it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. No, we have the bumbly Keystone Cops nurse. I really thought they were setting up comic relief with this later, but not really. Nope. So she cuts in in narration. By the way, the choice of narration when this girl goes into narration is insane throughout this movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just like the narration will interrupt everyone else talking and they'll have to stop and sit through it and shit. Yeah, except I figured out why this narration exists because I watched this with my in-laws and this movie is a step ahead of my 70-year-old mother-in-law every single time. So that's what the nar- the narration is for your mother-in-law who's going to turn to you and say, who is she and what's wrong with her? Boom, they're right on it. Yes. They're right on it. <laughs> <laughs> they got some of those kids in the pool from Minority Report. That's how they use their budget for this film. I guess you could call me kind of a main character in my life, um, kind of like a protagonist. <laughs> Yeah. And the VO, she's like, she's being weirdly passive aggressive about what she said. She's talking about like, like, I know she's dying of cancer, but still I was pissed. Like, <laughs> like, how are you supposed to treat people dying of cancer the same? She's like complaining that she's, be- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she, she, Cause she says, I wish people wouldn't ask me how I'm doing. I'm not okay. And it's like, that's just a polite wisdom. So you looking forward to the sweet, sweet embrace of death? What do you think? Afterlife or blackness? <laughs> Go on, sit in that chair. I'm going to poison most of your body. Cool. Yeah. I normally make jokes about cancer with the average person. Should we do that together? Or no, you want to be treated differently. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but we learn here that she has super cancer and her mom is off to work and she works too much and and, and uh, Angelica, the main character here with the cancer, sure doesn't like doing chemo. Uh, this is also where we meet Tommy the Cancer Boy. Yep. The, 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 the little black boy that really looks forward to chemo because it allows him to flirt with hot cancer girl. 
I get it. I might fake some. I might take a little chemo to get a chance to talk to Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cancer do I have? Oh, it's in my chair. Face. What? Nope. <laughs> yeah. And Tommy has a head full of stubble, by the he way. They're like, they just <laughs> shaved cheating. his head. That's not how that works. Like, at that point, I was like, oh, if he's faking cancer, this actually would be a great movie. Like, Eli, I think you got a good idea. Like, that's, that's a great premise for a movie. But no, they're just stupid. And they were like, yeah, yep. shaved head. That's what happens. They just, everybody shaves their head when they get cancer for fun. Yeah. Yeah. But we do meet a character in this scene who is my favorite in the whole movie, which is Tommy's absolutely fucking giant older brother. <laughs> Look, I have roast jokes about this actor, but there's a chance he might find me and eat my house. So I am not going to say any of them on the air. This is the largest human I've ever seen. I had him down as Black Hodor. And no one in the movie goes, hey, man, you're fucking huge. No one. At any point in the movie, he makes is, an attempt to be like, you're 90 feet tall. <laughs> he is impossible. There's no way. Big Brother, this this guy is 0% related to this kid. Like, oh, yeah. The little kid, Tommy looks like, fuck, Tommy looks like Pete Davidson. Just like a very accurate, like, 10-year-old <laughs> Pete Davidson. There's no way Pete Davidson is related to the entire Dallas Cowboys offensive line from the 90s as a single person. <laughs> He, he no looks way. like the demon that eats all of Slender Man's food. <laughs> like they all go to the same demon lunchroom. <laughs> and so now we, we meet him and we realize we learn that, you know, he can barely afford his his little brother's chemo, but he's trying super hard. He's working super hard at it. Yeah. I'm afraid your credit card has been declined, so we're not going to give your little brother chemo today. Movie stakes that won't make sense in 50 years, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then then he goes over to Tommy, little brother, and he's like, sorry, everything sucks, man. Uh, we're going to get a bigger apartment soon for you to die soon. Fuck. Uh, this <laughs> yes. Keeps, uh, that doesn't really help you. You don't guess care. it's not really worth investing in a uh, two-bedroom. Huh? No. Okay. Yep. <laughs> You're going to die in a small one. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think it matters much. I, I see why you want a bigger apartment, but yeah. All right. So Tommy wanders off to, to the chemo chair while dad's paying. Um, And Cancer Girl, fucking love this. Angelica pretends that she's asleep so she won't have to talk to the black kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do not take enough time in this movie to establish that she thinks he's annoying and that She's not racist. <laughs> right. That you just immediate... assume she's racist. This whole scene and this whole <laughs> film play out way different. It's phenomenal <laughs> if you make those assumptions. And I did. So I got to watch a fantastic <laughs> movie. But he's amazing. He gets like an inch from her face and he's like, hey, hey, you going through a medical procedure? <laughs> hey, medical? I'm peeling open your eyelid. Hey, oh. hey. <laughs> I just wanted her to projectile vomit right in his mouth. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting chemo. I am awake now. There. Great. Yeah, I just, uh, and, and at this point, my notes were just, wow, is this movie's runtime arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, the end of the scene here, does the camera get dropped and left on for like a solid minute? Oh, you're talking about that weird, that pan down to the feet thing that they do? Yep. For Ever. Yeah. They pan down to their feet and then they stay on it for 28 seconds, which in movie time is forever. Like, 
I was pushed the pause button and then pushed it again. And I was like, I don't know if it's paused or unpaused. <laughs> yeah, I live in this forever. <laughs> That's when I wrote that thing about the goddamn runtime because I'm looking at it. It's like, <laughs> wow, if you guys have four and a half minutes to spare for these people's feed, I don't think you need an hour and 51 minutes of my life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We also get shitty nurse again for a little bit. Yeah. She, she, she comes over and. Uh, we also get just like this movie's general knowledge about cancer because, first of all, I, I don't think chemo attacks only the hair under your scarf area. I don't know if that's how that works. But also, she comes over and she like adjusts uh, Tommy's chemo feed or whatever. And did, did she hook it up to his dick? So like... <laughs> That's, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Like, he's got dick cancer, and they think, like, oh, the chemo goes right to your dick. If you have dick <laughs> yep. cancer, you just you plug just it in. To, you wherever just, it is. just poke it in the cancer area and then poison Lung it. cancer, she just would have put a mask full of chemo on him. It's, right. he's <laughs> she just gives you a chemo cigarette. I feel like I would have noticed if she stuck <laughs> chemo in his dick in this scene. I, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't, maybe I was looking down and writing notes at that moment. Uh, I noticed. Yeah. Very, very clearly. <laughs> Two notices. Thank you. All right, so now... <laughs> Pay um, a little more attention to the dicks and the chemo, though. <laughs> Pay more Take attention it seriously. to the 12-year-old Take the movie penis. seriously. All right, so now Angelica is riding home from the hospital when Dad almost hits Sean the asshole homeless guy from earlier. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> classic meet cute when you do a slip and fall in front of her dad's car. I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> we... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's... Okay, first of all, I want to say, this is all a ploy to pick dad's pockets. And I've got to say, if you're trying to pick the pocket of a man who is in a moving automobile that you aren't in, I'm impressed <laughs> with your ambition, at the very least. Yeah. Just him coming up with his plan. He's like, cars equal people with money <laughs> equal stand in front of car equal profit. Yeah. Acme it, dynamite. Got it. Yeah, Sorry. right, right, exactly. Well, and what a shame it would have been if dad didn't keep his wallet in his front left coat pocket. You might as well hand it to him. Because <laughs> here you go, kiddo. Yeah, I, Come I on, always waving it this. around. I almost <laughs> dropped my wallet. <laughs> Let's all juggle our wallets together. Cool, all right, we're done. <laughs> so make sure I get mine back now. Yours, there's yours, the same thing. Don't look at it. Great. Right, so he... he Dad jumps out and yells at him and he picks dad's pocket and then he goes to walk away from the scene of the crime. But he notices that dad has a hot cancer girl in the back seat. And he's like, hey, baby, you uh, <laughs> you die here often. Or, uh, don't I uh, don't I know you from the, the cold open? I think <laughs> I just robbed your dad. And then, of course, before they can pull away, uh, she vomits. Well, yeah, peanut butter or something. Uh <laughs> I feel like they could have got more humor out of the vomiting in this movie. You know what I mean? Like vomiting's funny. That's funny stuff. It's, like, it's a good. It's a good comedy setup, if nothing else. This is, yeah. this is chemo vomit. So you know, depending on your sense of humor, but it's vomit. That's funny. Like <laughs> she could have like gone for the window right as Dad closes the window. There's a big splash <laughs> everywhere. Like ah, it's physical comedy. Like. Later on in the movie, they do their first kiss. She vomits into his mouth. I get so it. I get good. it. They go to a drive-through. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, applications. I'm just saying, comedy humor is just uh, it's a well. Yeah, call us Dove Foundation, idiots. All right, and then we cut. To, uh, this is a weird little turn. We cut to a little girl writing a letter to her older brother, asshole homeless guy Sean. Right, right. 
She's going to put it under her bed. So this letter is ex- explicitly just for exposition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, this is the movie realizing how unlikable Sean is because all we know is that he's a robber who leers at sick children in the back of a car. So she's like, dear Sean, uh, we were abused. We will walk that back later, but we were. <laughs> um, so you rob people because you... Nope, no reason for you to rob people still. <laughs> I, I am your sister... Love me. Fuck you, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, so yeah, we're getting the VO from this sister as she writes this letter, but then we're, we're, we're cross-cutting with Sean walking somewhere outdoors and he's reacting to the VO. <laughs> like somebody needed to tell him like, you, you don't, do you understand what's happening? You don't get, okay. Just don't, don't, don't make any expressions. Don't react to the sound. We're not going to play the sound. Why are we playing the sound for him? That just, he's getting confused. Turn it off. And yeah, and so as we're getting the VO, you're thinking to yourself, huh, he's homeless. Where do you mail letters to homeless people? But then she pulls out this box that she's keeping her letters in. Apparently, she has an opening credits for seven number of letters that she's written in this thing, right? Yeah. Like if she's I mean, expecting her to start pulling it out and have little cutouts of dollar bill eyeballs and knitting along the <laughs> side and shit. I get it, though. I mean, stamps are hard to get. It's a difficult thing. <laughs> young. Oh, and then we should also point out that as um, Sean is going through the dad's wallet, he finds Angelica's picture and now he's in love. Yeah, this again, the the likable protagonist has a sick girl's picture in her father's wallet that he stole and he's looking at it and like gently run, running his thumb along her face. And we're supposed to be like, uh-oh, someone's got a crush. Yeah. <laughs> Again, if this is the opening for a horror movie, it makes perfect fucking sense, right? Because then he's like, he's looking, he's like, hmm, I even know where they live. I have dad's yeah. address. Yep. The brilliant take on this movie is to just shoot a horror movie, but set it to the music of a romantic comedy so that the whole time it's just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go to this guy's house and kill his family. Shut a na 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 na. It's in Mon- Monroe, New York, by the way, which is very uh, close to where I grew up. It's, and this is a terrible plan. You don't go to Monroe, New York if you don't have to go to Monroe, New York. <laughs> Every joke about me and Eli's hometown, it's about Monroe, New York, also at the same time. Crazy billionaire money remake of this movie. It's just a bunch of Monroeans standing outside of her house. There's a fucking sick cancer girl in there. All right, so don't I. So don't I. I'm gonna go get a bagel, bagel egg and cheese. All right. Then I'm gonna graduate high school at the age of 28. Make a big deal about it on Facebook. Okay. No, you're not. Don't lie. <laughs> Let's not exaggerate here. All right. So now we cut back to chemo where. Angie and Tommy are having a staring contest. Should they not give these people books or TV? You can bring a book. But they're having a chemo staring contest. That was the best. He's like, he's being all competitive. He's like squeezing his bag to get the chemo faster, like racing her. <laughs> he gets all intense about it. I like, he's like, you suck at fucking chemo staring contest. I win again. I like, I really like the kid at this point. Like I got, I was starting to, Really enjoy Tommy. It was fun. Well, and if you didn't already like him, he then basically asks her what she's doing for Dick. <laughs> oh, it's the best. He's like, yeah, so uh, 
I have a podcast. You're white. I'm black. You know that whole if you had so many days to live thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. You know how no one ever says that you'd fuck a bunch of people, but that's what everyone means. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, and then we have to write dad out of this uh, next scene for a minute. So he's like, hey, I'm going to run down to the store and get a lot of tasty things that you can't have because of the chemo. <laughs> Jealous. It's <laughs> just parading in front of her. Oh, what am I? I'm juggling a soccer ball now? Yeah, found this downstairs. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson came by for your make-a-wish. I send him home. <laughs> Look at this. I'm After jump roping. There's, there's no things plugged into my body. You can tell from this jump rope that I'm doing, right? Right? Cool. But yeah, she asked, she asked for a soda. And he's like, no, you can't have a soda all that sugar is going to kill you. Awkward. Sorry. <laughs> White. By the way, I tried to Google, can you drink soda when you get chemo? And when I when you Google that, all you get is people saying baking soda cures cancer. <laughs> Very upsetting. <laughs> I'm so not surprised. People baking Coke into a cake. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So then we head over to the homeless shelter. We're, we got to check in on Sean and we have to meet the homeless shelter priest guy because ultimately this is a Christian movie. Jason oh, London. It is. Randall Pink Floyd. Dazed and confused. Yeah. Yeah. Jason London, right? Yeah. And he knows that he's Jason London because... He's supposed to be doing the, like, kindly preacher thing, but he's walking around like, you can tell by the way I use my wallet. He's playing in the background. <laughs> I, I wrote, is this the homeless shelter pimp? Because he's giving high fives, shoulder massaging, up high, down low, chest bump. You enjoying that soup? Better stay my religion. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. He's like the over-obsequious fucking mater d', but he's at a yes. soup kitchen, so it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, how's everything tasting today? Cool. Do you guys? I'll, here's a few app cards for you. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> app cards? So, are we ready for dessert? Are we feeling naughty? Would you like me to sign a copy of uh, Dazed and Confused? Any of you guys? I mean, you're homeless, so probably not. But, you know, just. You know, know we made a cheesy bacon cheeseburger. It's got like a cheese puck now on top <laughs> of the already existing cheese. We found a new spot for cheese on a burger. It's no big deal. So, uh, silverware shiv, silverware shiv. Anyone? <laughs> silverware shiv? <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. And so eventually, though, he lands on Sean after he makes his rounds and he's like, hey, you have sort of a main character vibe uh, to you. I just want to let you know we're not just a free food place. Uh, you can also uh, love Jesus here if you want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of restaurants do this. I just wanted to check real quick what religion you were. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that this. The kid's answer at first was great, though. He's like, hey, man, I'm homeless and hungry, kind of focused on my fucking food right now. Can we talk about this later? And, and Jason Lund's like, tell me your feelings. And he's like, all right, man. God damn it. I, I, can after I eat, please? Yeah. No, now. Dude, oh, hey, man, we're not just. You know, free food, I'm trying to bribe you into a religion. You're being a dick about it. I got to be honest. You're being a dick. <laughs> right. So Sean gets pissed. He, he hasn't got, he doesn't have time for, for Jason London. So he, he leaves and he goes to dig through some trash cans. A cop catches him doing this. So he runs. 
This is not a run from the cop. because And that's exactly what this is, right? Like, like They needed him to be doing something bad that a cop would give him shit for, but they can't make him do something actually bad in this dumb fucking movie because they're so afraid of Christian grandmas then run, rushing to the Dove Foundation and, you, and saying, well, you didn't tell me he was going to do petty vandalism. Right. <laughs> yeah. This movie involves an angel messenger, and the least realistic thing in the film is that this cop is going to catch this teenager. <laughs> and the the cops doing the running like like high knees running for yeah. some reason, and it's so it's like he's watching an aerobics video, like he's watching like Jane Vonda. He's like doing serpentine and high knees and different. He's kicking his his hands with his. It's so weird. But of course, ultimately, Sean just happens to run right into the chemo place to get away from the cops. He he sees Angelica and he stops like a cartoon character smelling a pie. <laughs> it could not. <laughs> yeah. So he okay. So he sneaks by. Tommy and um, Angelica are still talking. Tommy's giving him the uh, giving her the hard press on on the boyfriend thing. But then Sean oh. walks by and Angie's like, oh, my God, that's that hot homeless guy that flirted with me after he stole my dad's wallet. Yep. And then Tommy amps it up even further because he's the best. He's getting like competitive at this point. <laughs> so he's like, all right, uh, some other dude in the picture now. All right. We're going to full, full court press. So uh, everybody raise your hand if you're not getting any dick. All right. Great. <laughs> Keep him up. Now, uh, everybody raise your hand if you have dick to spare. Wow, look at us both. Crazy. All hand crazy together. <laughs> what? All right. So, yeah, Sean walks by and then the cop comes looking for him, like comes right behind him. And I guess Angelica doesn't want to like sell him out. So her and Tommy cancer it up. So the cop will leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> right, but the cop stops and he's like, hey. Either of you kids faking cancer to cover up for a hooligan. <laughs> Put trash on the ground. And they're, they're well, like, I've been in pursuit. <laughs> cancer, cancer, snore, snore, cancer, snore. <laughs> so, like, here's the thing, though. Like, if they had fun-looking cancer, the cop would have interrogated these yes, two kids in the right. chemo war. Like, if, if they were like, wee, cancer, having, like, a splash fight with chemo bags, he's going <laughs> to grill them at that point. <laughs> It's a weird something distinction. tells me I'm into something good. <laughs> they got super soakers full of chemo liquid. <laughs> having a squirt gun fight. <laughs> See, we like to put the fun in cancer treatment. We like to keep it fun. See? They missed so See? much physical humor based on right? chemotherapy. Yeah. Idiots. We will not make that mistake if you fund our movie at <laughs> patreon.com forward slash godawful. You're getting radiation. The guy just like points it back at you. Hey, come on. <laughs> come on. Look at my hair. Ah. <laughs> I better end up a Ninja Turtle. That's all I'm saying. Come on. Now I've got dick cancer. I'm going to have to get chemo right in the dick. That's messed up. <laughs> all right. So the cop leaves and Sean's like, all right, well, let me go in and, and flirt with this hot cancer girl. But then he sees dad coming, right? And and he has to he has to leave because he doesn't want dad, who apparently just now noticed his wallet missing, to see him. And and again, this movie, I don't know what this movie wants from me. Because apparently this movie wants me to be like, oh, that rapscallion who my daughter is gonna fuck robbed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 
And Angelica is clearly responding well to this fucking homeless pickpocket. She has a crush now. Yeah. Like now there's like a weird love triangle. It's it's like it's like a Midsummer Night's Dream. They really nailed it, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> This is a good, this is good writing. The only thing we needed for this movie to be more painful is like interstitial shots of high school Eli and high school Heath being nice to girls who call them their best friend. And then this whole movie <laughs> is just a personal attack. <laughs> Brought you these flowers because you were so sad about him breaking up with you. <laughs> That's so sweet of you. Oh, side hug. This cool. is good. <laughs> I'm going to put them right in my friend pile of flowers. <laughs> oh, you have wow, a friend, such a, a friend big pile. pile. Let's, there's not enough room there. Let me just put it somewhere else. No, I'm going to put it in the friend pile. Cool. <laughs> it's okay. I'll um, go home and learn my lines for Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. It's all going to pay off when I meet Josh Gad one day. I'm going to go <laughs> learn the trumpet part to Fiddler on the Roof. I'm afraid to go on stage. I'm in the pit. Do you want to be in the pit orchestra? Nah, stupid. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> You don't play an instrument. All right. Uh, so now we have to check back in with Cello Bum. He is having a car crash flashback. Drowsy driving PTSD. Yep. Um, and he's just gonna, he's going to need some more alcohol to get him through the night. So he goes to get some more alcohol. Now, I, I want to admit this was close to my best worst for the movie is best worst understanding of what alcohol does to a human. He buys <laughs> what I believe is a tall boy. Yeah. He gets a, t- a tall boy of terrible beer, like Lone Star, something bad. Yeah. And he gets heroin mixed with codeine level shit. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Zima? No. <laughs> It's 20 ounces of it. It's 20 fucking ounces. More than a pint. I need need another four loco, please. Please, (laughs) just to make the shaking stop. (laughs) Also, get an Irish coffee or something. It's freezing out. You're getting a beer? That's weird. (laughs) Yeah, right? All right. So now dad's getting home from work or something, and boy, are those bills piling up. Now, this movie seems to think that when you go into debt, it just means a larger like physical number of bills show up in your mailbox. Right. But but you can you can fix that if you block the the next one. Yeah, so right. Just, if you leave the old bills and they can't get the new ones. That's clearly yeah. his plan. He's like, I'm just gonna leave my mailbox full. Fuck them. They can't even get it to me. I didn't get that next bill. Postman shows up at Debt Incorporated. I'm sorry. This one didn't fit in the mailbox. Curses <laughs> Fine, you can keep the car. <laughs> yeah. This is Donald Trump's plan for the economy, too, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. All right, so then he goes to crawl into bed uh, with his wife. Now, there's this weird exchange where she's like, oh, my God, you smell really bad. Can you go take a shower? And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this felt, I don't know, I had a little soft spot. In my leg. She's like, dude, seriously, take a fucking shower. And honestly... Like, that was the extent of a breakup text I once got. (laughs) It was just that. We're done. Okay. So, I mean, if we're broken up, why do you care that I take a shower? (laughs) Just so you know, I'm not going to take a shower because you hurt my feelings just now when you told me. For spite. There you go. I'll take a shower when I want to. I don't know. I'm not going to want to for a while, but that's not the point. (laughs) I'm not even itchy yet. Why? (laughs) Okay, well, I'm a little itchy, but like, I like it. I like a medium itchy. Yeah. So, 
All right, but yeah, but they have a fight, and then they start arguing about who's going to take the kid to chemo. Classic shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, but eventually they settle on mom's going to have to drop her off at chemo and leave her there all by herself for the whole four hours with nobody but her and a trained staff of experts that can help her. <laughs> well, yeah. would we call this staff trained? Well, I... <laughs> 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 yeah, right. No, she gets back there and the bumbling ass nurse comes back and like, you know, trips over and dumps a bunch of medicines into her mouth by accident and shit. Oh. <laughs> I really wanted this to keep scaling up throughout the movie. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff, your new nurse. Oh, hello there. Um, what? What happened to Nurse Stebbins? She's the uh, nurse she was first. in a bicycle accident. Now, let's okay. uh, find your blood tube. Um, do you mean vein? Oh, didn't realize I was dealing with a couple of experts here. Ow, All right. ow, ow, ow. Sorry, sorry, hey. tough to find. Um, you're, you're stabbing her in the leg. That's, that's different than normal. Right. My bad. Here we go. Got it now. Oh, it's still me. Sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah. We just, um, now we turn the bag of chemo on. Not what it's called. No. And, you know, when this is all drunk, your cancer mm. will be gone. Also, no. Nope. Okay. Uh, if you guys need me, just give me a ring. I am... Jeff. Don't help me. Your name is Jeff. You just told us. Tip of my tongue. Tip of my tongue. I'm going to get it. Exactly like that. <laughs> Again, they missed all the good chemo humor. All right. Shotgun this can of chemo do. right now. Stabs it in the side with a key. There you go. No. I didn't do that. Is that a funnel? Do you have a funnel behind your back? No. <laughs> the no. chemo stands. <laughs> all right. So now she's she's getting some chemo. And Tommy's basically asking if Sean has a larger penis than him. It's the best. <laughs> you know, Tommy might as well just be like, look, he's not your friend. You don't just admit that you're trying to get out of dating a black guy. I'm not saying you're racist. <laughs> I'm saying I just want you to be honest to me. <laughs> and also, it's, so Tommy wants to read her um, his book. He has a book and he's like, hey, can I read you this book? And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. No. And he's like, please. And she's like, uh, oh, no. What's best is she goes, I don't want to read a kid's book. And he's like, no, it's an adult book. There's, there's fucking in here and, <laughs> and murder. And it's, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And I really wanted to see Tommy adding like adult <laughs> themes. And, let me tell you, Virginia, you cunt. <laughs> there is a Santa Claus. She said as he did heroin. It's. It's not just about Santa Claus. Let me keep reading. I got... Mm, all right. Anastasia Steele loved a good ankle spreader <laughs> is in this book. Um, yeah, okay. So what I love about this the most, though, is that he reads the opening to Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus, which is this movie's way of using... Like, they invoke Santa as an analog for belief in miracles, and they don't see the problem with that. Like... Like, from their perspective, like, I would do this, right? It makes sense if when I do it. Yeah, which also, 
This movie is where we reach the echelon of we are quite literally just short of eye-eating parasites being the example of God existing in a Christian movie, right? right? Kids, yeah. we've had we've now had kids with cancer who believe in God the movie. We just need eye-eating parasites who believe in God the movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, did it did it not get really racist at this point too? When he tries to explain where he got the book, it's from his brother, right? And like, and it doesn't matter that it's the kid's black who's saying this, but it was so racist anyway. He's like, yeah, it's it's my brother's book. He's a uh, an enormous black guy who's not stupid, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. He does he does weirdly do an exposition. He's like, my brother's actually very smart. He ate that chair because it was red. That's not him. <laughs> most most food is red. He's studying to be a doctor. We actually learned that the, the big brother's supposed to become a doctor and also owns an anti-skepticism-themed book about Santa Claus truthers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, that's what that book is about. Yeah, it, it really is. Okay, and so then in walks Sean looking all swanky, and it, it forces you to ask, like, what does a homeless guy do before he goes to meet up with a chick? <laughs> right? Um, so he walks in and Tommy is uh, immediately on the offensive. He's like, wow, you smell bad with the uh, homelessness. You smell homeless. And she she actually says it, too. She's like, yeah, I mean, you do smell. And he's like, rude. Here I am courting. And you point out how urine soaked I am, madam. I would like my calling card back. <laughs> Yeah, but she downplays the stench because she's desperate. But Tommy's like, hey, man, we had a thing going here. I was reading her. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. You mind if I, you know, keep going? But <laughs> apparently Sean is a big Francis Forcellus Church fan, so it's okay. Yeah, this actor <laughs> overacts so badly here. He's like, dude, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. This is my fucking jam. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> it's like waiting for the beat drop into this children's book. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily for him and for those of us who are watching this movie and thus had to watch, listen to a little kid try to read big words uh, Tommy cancers out a couple sentences in right <laughs> and then we enter into this conversation between Angelica and Sean that is so goddamn random that I had to keep hitting the back 10 seconds button to figure out if I'd missed an in between line you know how you sometimes see a montage in movies where characters are talking and you see them laughing and then getting real serious and then staring at the stars and this? This was that, the conversation. Like, it just shifted so hard from topic Yeah, to topic. no, that's what it is, is that the writer was thinking montage, but he didn't make that clear. So the actors are just going, wow, why would I say that next? <laughs> he actually says... Is your cancer contagious at one point? Yeah. She's like, uh, is your homelessness? Gross. What's wrong with you? <laughs> is your rapey face contagious? Fuck you. But it's working. She's charmed by this somehow. It's so stupid. Oh, she loves it. Oh, but there, yeah. there were a couple moments that were like, they kind of redeemed it. They were stupid, but I loved them. He's like, so what's your story? And she's like, I have cancer. What? what that's what's, what's wrong with you? And then he goes, no, no, no. But like, what's your what's your prognosis? And she goes, death. <laughs> it's the best. I, I wanted when she said that I wanted him to be like, oh, sorry, wasting my time. And just gets up and walks out. <laughs> <laughs> so 
hoping to catch you on the cancer rebound that like life is so fresh and new thing. You know, you've been saved. Now you save me. But if you're going out, I'm not wasting my time. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go rob some people. I'm the main character in the movie. Yeah, well. <laughs> here's, here's your phone number back. I guess I won't need this. And the quarter you gave me that you, I guess, have to give a homeless person. <laughs> yeah, right. Your right. I wrote, your, I wrote my number on the back of this quarter. <laughs> <laughs> But instead, he gives the he gives her the wallet that he stole from her dad. You know, he's like, "Hey, also, I stole your dad's wallet here." I'm I'm good. I'm the protagonist now that yeah. I've given this back. They might as well have Angelica say, "Man, you sure are redeemed now." Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But instead, they actually start talking about how bad the dialogue they're presently having is. Like this self aware moment from the writer where he's just like, "You know, this sucks." <laughs> yeah, because he's like, so what do you do when you're not in chemo? And she's like, literally, we did not write that. <laughs> zero things. I have zero other interests. Also, there's this <laughs> moment that I, I mean, I can see where they're going, but this actor is so fucking creepy. He can't pull it off. Right. So he's trying to tell her she's beautiful, even without hair, because she keeps trying to cover up her bald head. And he but it's but it's it's like he's trying to talk her into showing him her tits, right? Oh, it is horrifying, right? It's very much supposed to be the, like, you're beautiful as you are, but he's like, please, I need you to show me your bald head. I need <laughs> and, man, she really wants to flirt along with him, but no, she gets all cancery. The narrator cuts in aggressively at this moment. Yeah, the moment she starts seizing up, it's like, I couldn't talk now, but don't worry. There's narration. <laughs> yes. I'm uh, I'm having a cancer seizure. Yeah, yeah. So she cancers out. The nurse comes and he gets the fuck out of there. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get blamed for this, so I better go. But he does leave his charm bracelet there, right? So he's thinking ahead. Yep. The narrator is like, cancer, so embarrassing. <laughs> what a faux pas. Yeah, that's how they treat it. Yeah. All right. So that night, mom comes into her room to apologize for missing her big chemo meet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I set up the GoPro. You want to watch the video together of your chemo? <laughs> I didn't get to see it. Weird. So, yeah. And mom's like, hey, why is your dad's wallet in your bedroom? And mom's like, oh, he left it at the hospital. And she's like, mm, okay, I'm just going to accept that apparently <laughs> it's the best this movie is so sloppily written she just starts going through her daughter's room she's like who gave you that is this a lamp how do lamps work is this your pillow <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> by the way I, I watched this with my in-laws and at this point my mother-in-law just said her head looks so cold <laughs> <laughs> i want to watch all these movies with my in-laws yeah, from right. now on they are that actually phenomenal. sounds fun <laughs> All right, so now we cut to homeless cello guy on a bench, and Sean happens upon him. Um, Sh Sh Sean wants to strike up a friendship, but cello guy would like to be left alone. It's the best. And, and Sean gets super judgy here. He's like, hey, uh, I do not want to be judgmental, but you are drunk, uh, and it is making us homeless people look bad. All right? <laughs> I thought... I thought you were a street cellist, not a lush. <laughs> I was here to do more hype manning for you. Just so you know. Take it seriously. Maybe do a few scales before you start up. You sound ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even sound. I heard seeing you tune the damn thing. 
So, yeah, so Sean says, get off the juice, homeless cello guy. I care about you. And cello guy says, fuck off and and, and starts drinking from a fucking flask. He might as well start shaking himself up a martini. That's how little this movie ends. Don't tell me I need the suck. One sec, I, I gotta go get a twist of lime. I'm I gonna muddle really, this mint while I talk to I you. You really <laughs> stir this and not shake it. As you get ice chips in it, that's watered down now. All right, so then over. we cut to Sean's sister's birthday dinner with her parents. And Sean calls and she picks it up and she's like trying to convince him to come. She's like, no, 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 Sean, before you hang up, these foster parents are the best. There is like zero raping. Zero. Sean? Sean? <laughs> Listen, I'll prove it. I'll prove it. Ready? Please, sir, may I have some more? Ladle gruel right there. Right away. Right away. <laughs> Nailed it. They're such good parents. Yeah, so she's giving him the hard sell on on staying with the new foster parents that she found for him. Um, but he won't talk at all. And then he starts arguing. Okay, so he also is the narrator sometimes. But now he is <laughs> directly arguing with his voiceover. Right, which is why I thought he's schizophrenic. But don't worry, that will ne- ever come back and will be Well, cured. it'll come back, like, but yeah, it, but they'll ignore the schizophrenia is all. It goes away as soon as he has a warm place to sleep. Yeah, he exactly. He shakes it off. Exactly. Yeah, he walks it off. But right now, so he argues with the narrator, gets very angry at the uh, voiceover, and then he punches the phone booth, which again is weird because phone booths don't exist. Oh, it's a ama- He punches the phone booth right in the chocolate syrup. It's really great. And the- <laughs> gets it all over his hand. Possibly the best moment of this movie is he stumbles away all bloody from the phone booth. And there is an insane amount of shattered glass. There's a mountain of shattered glass outside of the phone booth. Like, yeah, Shaquille o- O'Neal might as well, like, dunk on this phone booth and just shatter it. <laughs> it's too much. All right, so now we cut back to Dad asleep behind his bulldozer wheel again. Oh, shucks, Dad. You got to stay awake while you're operating the dangerous heavy machinery. Right. And and again, what we're establishing here is a guy who's like, come on, man, you're super duper clearly fired. But it's like he, again, we are supposed to just care about the fact that he is fired, not the fact that he was operating heavy machinery while asleep. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. He's fired for not being conscious. I feel like that's fair. Right? Like, 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 think about this. Okay, so, like, if Eli kept falling asleep in the middle of the record, there's no danger here that he's going to kill anyone. We'd still fire him. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the only thing they had to do to make this character sympathetic is not have him endanger the lives of himself and others as he falls asleep at his yes. job. There are very few jobs they could have picked for him that would have been a worse one that maybe a surgeon. Maybe just like <laughs> face down in an open patient. Bah! Sorry. <laughs> Is my fa- Do I have blood on my face? Because I was asleep in the open cavity. I, I probably drooled in there. I'm Drool. super sorry, guys. All right. So, yeah, he's fired for being asleep. And elsewhere, Sean is desperately trying to bandage his chocolate syrupy hand. But luckily, Tommy's gigantic brother, Black Hodor, is an EMT that happens to see this staggering homeless guy. Oh, this yeah. scene is incredible because it's the it's the standard EMTs grabs him and patches him up, except this guy is 875 feet wide. So everything is just him being like, 
I don't fit through the back of an ambulance, so I'm just going to gently toss you like a softball onto the car. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, so he's getting his, he passes out. He's going to get his hand bandaged up. Dad's going to beg for his job back. And again, this scene is so badly written. He's like, He's like, come on, man, you know about my daughter. And his boss is like, don't guilt me with the whole my kid is cancer thing, okay? I hear it every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. So, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe pray? Did you pray? <laughs> Actually, as it turns out. <laughs> All right, so now we go back to Sean getting bandaged up in the a- ambulance. But, of course, he can't be caught by the EMTs again, damn it. So he hauls ass from the ambulance. Now, just then, the ambulance gets a call, which means that Black Hodor wasn't allowed to chase Sean. He has to go, like, ambulance or something. But I so wanted to see that big motherfucker chase somebody. I was super, (laughs) I was like, I don't really get, like, how bad could it be, ambulance? Oh, in my head, he was like, Black Panther sprinter, just like blam, just got, he got some so fast. It would have been amazing, but no. He's just he's oh, shoving God. buildings out of the way. Juggernaut, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Yeah, all right. So dad gets home, and damn it, now if the entire mailbox isn't filled with bills, right? Like, because the people writing this movie heard drowning in bills once and didn't realize it was metaphorical. Like they've been ignoring their letter from Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a Dunkin' Donuts coupon. I feel like you should have taken that. Yeah, yeah it would have made sense. Would've you're going to want you're poor. You're in upstate New York. You need a Dunkin' Donuts it's be coupon. Good. Everybody needs those. They're great. All right. So, you know, then he comes home and him and mom have to have a fight because he just got fired. Right. So but before they get to the fired thing, um, mom has to give him the hey, don't worry about the bills. Just have a little faith. Trust us. We will be a Christian movie eventually speech. Right. Yeah. He goes. Faith is not going to pay these bills. And I wrote in my notes, narrator, Faith would, in fact, pay these bills. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But again, it's this weird, like, he's trying to do the practical side of this conversation. But because it's about cancer, daughter, I want to be like, look, I'm just trying to be practical. Should we kill and eat our daughter? We save on food. We no longer have our medical costs. I just want to have it all out there. Well, we also, there's an interesting and weird element that gets added to this uh, movie here where, okay, apparently she needs a bone marrow transplant, right? But she's biracial and therefore it's harder. <laughs> these, these are white people that we're looking at, right? Yeah, like, the people, are, her what? parents don't seem to be of different races. Yeah, what race did they think they were when they made this movie? I was very confused by this. I actually looked it up. Okay, so the mom... She's from Jersey. She, the mom, the mom's an actress from New Jersey, but her last name is Cruz, and I don't think that counts. That's not enough. <laughs> with a Z like, or a WS? Because if it's with a Z, it counts. She's like Liz Warren Latino. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she's got like Cuban ancestors from like ten generations ago. But right. in the movie, people are like, "Oh, Cuba, great. Uh, we'll we'll get an actress from Spain to be the daughter." Cuba equals Spain. Perfect. Yeah, it, biracial. It turns out that that's real. And now I just, I, I am comedically saddened at the thought of someone walking in being like, hey, how's it going? I came from my Eskimo village for my blown marrow transplant. You all look sad. Why do you all look so sad? <laughs> <laughs> just a half Chinese, half Lao, Eskimo raised little boy trying to get cured yeah. for his cancer. And I didn't know this, that like, it is harder to, to find a match if you're 
biracial for, for bone marrow. So at one point I was like, wait, does the transplant list prioritize like purebred human beings? <laughs> like, is that what they're saying? And I looked it up. I was like, okay. All right. Flash cut to a big sign, the Richard Spencer Foundation for Bone Marrow. Oh. <laughs> I get it. It's like universities. Okay. I love to. Okay, so their <laughs> mom and dad are having this fight or how, you know, how can we pay the bills thing? And mom says at one point, she's like, look, we'll get by. We always do. And I'm like, your daughter's going to die. <laughs> I mean, really? Would you say you're crushing it right now? <laughs> she's like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. You and me are going to get by. Not Angelica, obviously. But we. I'm talking we, about us. The people in this room. And of course, this is when he drops the bomb that he got fired. Yeah. Uh-huh. To which her response is, just say no. She's like, no, you go back there. And when they say you're fired, you say, no, I'm not fired. <laughs> and if That's you go it. back and forth for a while, then you say, yes, I am fired. They'll switch. And you know, <laughs> just bulldoze around. some stuff. What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you're not hurting anybody. <laughs> Yeah, so mom says, go get your fucking job back, you bum. And then we get the little praying montage from Angelica, right? These are weirdest prayers I think we've ever had. It's uh, First, we've got the passive-aggressive message to God, right? She starts like, gotta tell you, God, you are being awful mysterious. Classic <laughs> you. So mysterious. <laughs> You are crushing it. I got to say, this cancer is a fucking mystery. I mean, (laughs) seriously. That is good stuff. That is good stuff. Yeah. And so as she's praying, we see like mom working hard at her job. Also more puking because can't get enough cancer puking. (laughs) And she also prays for Tommy. She prays for a donor. She prays that like, and this is kind of sad, but she prays that if God's going to kill her, he just go ahead and get it done before she bankrupts her parents. Yeah, in the least, I'd like to die in the least expensive way possible. If I could fall into some kind of composting machine, that would be. Yeah, perfect. I'd also like to pray for death panels. I think we should have those. Those Yeah. (laughs) That would probably be smart. Something we'll have to do at some point is my guess. Thanks. And and then she tags out at the very end. She's like, also, God, could you get me laid one time before it's all over? Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Really love to see that homeless boy again. Speaking of the homeless boy, by the way, during this scene or during the prayer or during the little montage, we show we see Sean show up at chemo to see if she's there, but she isn't. So he just hangs out with Tommy. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Think I'll, think I'll sit down, get some free chemo. Who's going to check on that? Am I right? <laughs> Where hey, are you buddy? going? Your dick. You're going for dick chemo? You nice. Got, oh, right. It's going right into the dick. Yeah. No, that is how it works. I, I wouldn't have guessed. That's so weird. But Angelica's not here for for the chemo. Okay, maybe God healed her and and not you. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Let me get a hit of that, though. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours? All right, but then Sean comes to their apartment, right? To Angelica's apartment. <laughs> and again, in any other movie, this is a horror movie, right? Hey, yeah. came here to rob you for meth. Right. Right, I'm the homeless robber guy that stole your dad's wallet and fell in love with your picture. I'm now here to see you. Yeah. I'm at your home. You but, didn't invite me. But she's like, you stalked me. Take your dick out. <laughs> 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 Fucking weird. 
But yeah, and okay, but then this is where they like sort of set up a date. She's like, hey, if you want to fuck later or something, I'll sneak out. And he's like, yeah, I would like to, I would like to do that. I love, I love how she does it though. She's like, yeah, so meet me here later, I guess. Well, not, not in here in the building. Obviously you're, you're gross. Uh, where do homeless people meet? Uh, meet me in the dumpster behind the building. Yes, the alley. Yes. We, you, you said alley. That's what I was yeah. going to say too. The dumpster right there. You get in there. I'll meet you at the dumpster see behind you, the building. See you for our, our dumpster date later, yep. <laughs> kids. Great. Kids these days. <laughs> Put your dick back away until then. Great. All right. So Sean's excited about the big date. So he goes to the store and inexpertly shoplifts some going on a date stuff like cologne and toothpaste. I thought yeah. we were going to see him get caught or that this was going to affect the plot. But no, it's just an intercut of him doing the worst stealing I've ever oh, seen. Yeah, right. Give, give me a fucking break. This kid is a pickpocket. I worked in a toy store and once saw a man bite the arm off a stuffed bear. And this is the worst stealing I've ever seen. <laughs> he was stealing the bear arm. He bit the bear arm off and then he tried to put the bear back. That's a real part of my life. I think about it about three times a day, and it's okay. still better than this scene. Did he bite the arm by accident? Or nope. he's a, he, bit he the wanted arm, to eat it. Ripped it off the bear, looked he, at it like, well, this bear cannot withstand bites and put it back. <laughs> this bear's no good. <laughs> <laughs> this coin isn't real at all. I'd like to return this bear. I bit it and it just <laughs> fell apart. I've been thinking about that guy for like six years. Yeah. What was going on? What happened? Because I didn't go over and go like, hey, this is the most important moment of my life. Please discuss this with me. <laughs> the assumption, I've thought about this for several hundred hours. My assumption is his kid chews things and he was like, got to make sure I can chew on this. Nope. Failed the chew test. <laughs> I choose not to purchase oh this. Oh my God. I'm going to be so happy if he's listening right now. He's like, motherfuck, you've got to be kidding me. That guy saw me do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're oh, listening, really? please reach out. I have please thought about you out. every day for most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to cut back to the homeless shelter. Uh, cello bum is back on the sauce and the pastor's very disappointed about that. Okay. Everyone treats this homeless guy's drinking as a disappointing surprise. He's like, really? Really? I thought you were working on a symphony, man. What's going on? <laughs> And the pastor has a weird, he's like, hey, man, do you have any goss on the male lead? I feel like I only <laughs> matter to this story in relation to him. I, was I feel like there's an confused. undisclosed backstory that's going to get resolved <laughs> in another act. But Cello Guy doesn't know. So he goes to booze it up in a bathroom stall. But then Sean goes to that very same bathroom to get ready for his big date. Oh, and he, he the, the Cello Guy sits on the floor within the stall like come on man don't just like sit on the bowl you know you got pants so just sit on top of the bowl at that point why are you gonna sit on the floor of the stall that was i don't know i had a lot of trouble with this moment pretty was, fucking gross yeah so sean comes in and he starts taking one of them homeless paper towel baths yeah, yeah. which is ridiculous come on everyone knows homeless people go to planet fitness for for, for a shower also everybody knows that it's not just Homeless people that have to wash their dick with a wet towel sometimes. It's not. <laughs> like you comes guys to the are being judgy about it. You work at a restaurant, you got the swamp ass mid shift, you gotta towel it down. <laughs> a, little, a little gold bond, a little heavy cream. Fix it up. 
Right, but this is this scene is really about Sean getting in an argument with his reflection again. Yeah, right. That him him and his voiceover start arguing, which which quite understandably freaks out Cello. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm you're a different." Type of insanity than me. That's not. I'm uncomfortable. Excuse me. Trying to enjoy some toilet floor drinking. You're spoiling it. Rude. <laughs> Trying to have a little the, floor picnic here. It's the best. The fucking balls on this cello guy. Like somehow he reverses the power dynamic of being guy sitting on the floor of a public bathroom. Right. Like, <laughs> it's nearly impossible to have the conversational upper hand when you're sitting on the floor of a public bathroom stall, but he fucking does it. It's amazing. No, he does. All right. So, and then as he's leaving, Sean's like, Hey, cello guy, what's your backstory? And cello guy's like, not quite yet, bro. It's still act two. Yeah, so homeless pickpocket's gonna go find more love in his life than Heath. That's that's great. That's fine. He's gonna go on a date. To be fair, After. he has actively pursued a woman, so that's on you. That's true. I, uh, I've walked around some hospitals. I toweled my dick down yesterday. You don't know. <laughs> Lulu leukemia, man. And I would like to tell you what <laughs> happened in the rest of this scene, except my in-laws were so upset that the cello wasn't being played. Like, they had a very active, very long conversation <laughs> about what they would play, <laughs> what kind of cello they thought it was. It's a, again, if I can get a Patreon goal going of commentary track from Anna Bosnick's parents, we will make <laughs> millions. What would, they, right. what would they play if they were homeless cello people? Uh, well, they actually started to play it. They both got out their instruments <laughs> on either side of me as I watched this film and started to play it. A, they started to harmonize with a tune they imagined a character in a movie would be playing. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're going to have to call that the break for act two here because I have to recover from that information. I've met these people. It's funnier if you've met them. But first, let me give act three the hard sell. It's funny. Will Charlie play his fucking cello already? Shouldn't he at least occasionally be tuning it? Do Anna's parents listen to the show or am I just wasting my time? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the cheese corn conclusion of My First Miracle. This summer, from the studios that brought you a series of unrealistic romance movies, novels, and TV shows which seem deep because the characters are dying. I will absolutely call your phone. I'm just asking, have you looked for it at all yet? No? Okay, can you look? You found it? You found it. Okay. Comes the first realistic love story to prepare a generation. Okay, great. So if, if you don't care at all, um, I'm saying let's get pizza. You just said you had no preference. Why? Let's get pizza then. Okay. Um, Thai food? Uh, Chinese, Indian then? Yes, I would like Indian. That's why I said that. Because the next generation of lovers deserves a fighting chance. Hey, I'm at the supermarket. What do you mean by a cheese thing? No, I don't. I don't know. That's why I'm calling. Just... Just say any word that comes before or after cheese and I will buy it for you. Any English word. This summer, love, actually. Thing cheese. <laughs> Noun cheese. <laughs> 
Hey, podcast listener. You know, at this time of year, people like to take a step back and take stock and resolve to be better. And well, we here at God Awful Movies can't tell you if you need to read more or lose weight or stop hitting your dick with a hammer. There's one New Year's resolution you should take up, and that's giving us money. That's right. We know what it's like to listen to podcasts. You refresh your feed, and there's our show every single week. But none of that can happen without you and your money. So this year, make a commitment right now to go to patreon.com forward slash godawful and pledge as little as a dollar. You'll get a commercial optional version of the show up to 24 hours before anyone else, sometimes even more. You'll get access to 30 bonus episodes we've done on secular movies. And higher level patrons get free Christian movie bingo cards sent right to their door. Or free VIP tickets to our live shows. But most of all, you'll be making a commitment to being a better person. Because the best kind of person is the one that gives us money. Give us your money. Give us your money. Please give us your money. Please give us your, seriously, please Please. give us your money. Patreon.com slash godawful. Because if we don't have money, we will die. We will. Hey guys, you finished recording that New Year's thank you message for the show? Yep. Yeah, I just finished it. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Thanked everybody. We just put it in. Dropped it. (laughs) And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes, Sean was getting ready for the big date, and we're going to rejoin the action with Angelica counting down the minutes until she can see her smelly hobo again. She's so not subtle. She's like, ah, I think I'll go for a nice two and a half hour walk. You know, just take out the uh, (laughs) outside. (laughs) She actually says to dad, she's like, it's dark outside, right? And he's like, that's not suspicious. No follow-up questions. No, yeah, it's dark. Go ahead. It is in point of fact dark outside, honey. All right, daddy's going to let you do whatever they you want to do. Yeah, she goes like, I'm going to go to the mailbox uh, in full makeup and I'm going to grab my uh, jacket and coat and hat and get the mail at nine o'clock at night. Sometimes they do a second round of the mail to just one house. I'm just going to make sure that's not what happened. You're going to see in case they got what they did with twofer this week. You never know. (laughs) Never know. So, yeah, so she goes outside. Sean's out there waiting for her. Uh, so they so they get to chat and, and at one point they have the uh, she has the like asks him is this a date the answer to that is always yes you fucking idiot don't sit there and think about it is this a date the answer is yes it's a fucking date okay no why don't you get I your just, time machine and I go talk like... to high school Eli and Heath who were like <laughs> what no no just we're just friends we're I am we whatever you similar so, interests. Okay, here's what do you think it's a date? Because I am just here. Uh, whatever right. you, I'm going to give you a piece of paper, and I have a piece of paper. <laughs> sliding, <laughs> sliding it across the table. You read her piece of paper. I would like my piece of paper back. Uh, <laughs> did you write a number? I no, no. <laughs> Uh, and, by, and my whole thought here at this point was like, man, it must be really awkward having like trying to make first date conversation with a dying girl. Right. So what do you <laughs> plan to never mind? Um, uh, where do you want to go to college? Oh, shit. shit. So, so and instead of like the the writer tackling this big conundrum, we just get like 
the montage of them talking with music playing over it. Yeah. Music note here is Lana Del Rey tooling around on the guitar while she's on the toilet. There's a, <laughs> something about a cat burglar. <laughs> <laughs> burglar of cats. Stupid. <laughs> Wait. Wait. <laughs> Also, there's a moment here in this little montage where he wrestles Cancer Girl to the ground. If she had died in this moment, I would forgive the whole movie. Oh, God. Crazy billionaire money. I remake this movie shot for shot, except when he tackles her, she just dies. And then he, he runs off credits. Oh, it's so aggressive, too. He's like, show me your goddamn bald head right now. And he just tackles her into the snow so violently. Yeah. I was hoping they'd like, like start fucking so I could see like a bald vagina scarf that she also had on, but like they don't, <laughs> they don't get into it. All right. So meanwhile, back at home, mom gets home for work and if it, she opens up. She's like, oh, I see you're looking for work. It's 930 p.m. <laughs> really? Really? You couldn't go on one of those night interviews? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> And I'm like, mom, you're getting pissed about the entirely wrong thing. Your daughter left the house hours ago and he doesn't know where she is. He, he's very confused by this. He's like, yeah, no, she went. You don't have to get a pack of cigarettes. Uh, I thought she would come back. <laughs> I figure, Just you know, like might dad. as well. What's she going to die of lung cancer? <laughs> come on. Yeah, but they have no idea where she is. So, okay. So we cut back to, to Sean and Angelica and they're, Sean is waxing intellectual about the vastness of the universe. Okay, I have a question, because this comes up all the time. When people look at the stars, why do they feel, like, small? Like, I, I, get, I get why you are. They're right. big, yeah. and you're physically small, but they always mean, like, like, oh, I feel so unimportant. It's not like the stars are, like, making a nice statue. Meanwhile, you're sitting at home in your underwear eating cheese. Like, I get, I, I get being like, oh, I am small and the universe is big. But most of the universe is just blank. I don't understand being like I'm less important because there's a fiery ball of gas a million miles away. What do they think is happening there? I love to because like he goes like, whenever I look at the stars, I feel so worthless. And I'm like, dude, don't try to win the fucking worthless game with a girl dying of cancer. Give me a fucking also, don't break. blame the stars. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Blame, blame the fact that you're a half-assed pickpocket homeless guy. <laughs> but this is where she explains to him, like, the complexity of the bone marrow transplant that she needs. She says, okay, I don't know if this is true or not. This is so goddamn weird. She says, well, we need to find somebody who's half Irish, half Latin. All right. One side <laughs> of that is a small island off of a large island, off of a little tiny thing that we call a continent, even though it isn't. And the other one is a continent and a half, right? Why does the <laughs> white people part have to be so fucking specific? It's tricky. Also, Irish people don't usually, you know, fuck with the... Mm -hmm, so, <laughs> yeah. It's really... And, we're, and I'm in Monroe, New York, so... My dad, <laughs> my dad was drunk. He didn't even realize her last name was Cruz at the time. That was, <laughs> this is a fluke. Well, and then, okay, and so then he gets super philosophical. He's like, okay, so if you need a bone marrow transplant and you're not going to get one, you're going to die anyway, why do chemo? And she says, well, we allocate limited medical resources stupidly. We need some death panels, really, honestly. important. It's the whole thing. Keith really right. nailed it earlier, but... More eugenics. Thank you. Thank you, movie. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and then she starts crying and fucks the whole date up. He loses his yeah. boner. 
He's just like, oh, so we're probably not going to do sex stuff because you cried. <laughs> um, what was that? Was that cancer crying or sex crying? <laughs> oh, cancer crying. Cancer crying. No, no, I, I, you, no, nope. Right. Nothing. Is this uh, I'm settling for you cry? Because I like those. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also this this moment really explores how deeply the writer hasn't thought about this issue. Right, because she writes these lines for the for cancer girl that says like, oh, you know, I'm so sick of trying to be brave for everyone while I have cancer and it's so awful. To which Sean says, just don't give up. Okay, <laughs> that's the fucking problem, right? Terming succumbing to a fatal disease as giving up. That's the part that fucks these people up. That That's what she's talking about right now, about not wanting to have to be brave for everyone. <laughs> uh, look, I got this poster. With a kitten on it? it hang. <laughs> hang in there now. <laughs> Just you want, bear with it. It's mine, but you can look at it for as long as you want. <laughs> Here's a couple spoons. Good luck. Right, so, Stick with it. All right, but quick, before they can get a weepy smooch in, trash cop. The cop that guards the trash can outside the donor that chased him into the hospital earlier shows up to tell him that the park is closed. Like, I feel like this cop, like <laughs> right before this movie had a, like a Chris Tucker blew up all the evidence moment or something. And so like the <laughs> chief is pissed and he's like, all right, now you go guard the park. Oh man. <laughs> or he's been on a hunt for this kid the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. No, no one drops <laughs> trash on my streets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He just hang glides into the park, tackles the kid. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Gets home that night. I got him, honey. I fucking got him. Opens his newspaper, No Country for Old Men style. Yes. All right. But they, but apparently the, the park is closed, so Sean is under arrest. Angelica's allowed to go, but the cop's like, oh, no, you're not getting away from me again. And she just leaves. It's the best. Cops like, yeah, I'm just gonna uh, talk to him. You, you skedaddle. And she's like, okay, bye. And he's like, oh, uh, that was a ruse. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is just fucking gone. You're under arrest. <laughs> yeah. Wolf. Guess that date wasn't going well. Or is he? Because Sean <laughs> runs from the cop again. <laughs> and the snow makes it so much better. The running oh, yeah. got even worse. It's the best. All right, so Angie gets home. Mom and dad are pissed, right? They're like, where the hell were you? She's like, I'm a 17-year-old girl. I went to get laid. It didn't, didn't go super well. And they have this fight where, like, at, at one point, the daughter says, like, stop trying to pretend we're a normal family. I'm dying of cancer. It's the whole fucking plot. <laughs> at least I'm not the unemployed dad of a kid with cancer. Burn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She starts roasting. She's yes. like, boom, no job. Boom, stupid waitress. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> well, actually, she turns to the mom and she's like, mom, you don't have a life at all. And I'm like, dying girl doesn't get to use the you don't have a life burn, guys. <laughs> Wanted mom to be like, oh, really? I guess I'm going to go have sex with your dad. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, I guess I'll make another you. Oh, right. I can do that. <laughs> mm. No, I'm going to hang fun. out with my bone marrow. My <laughs> perfectly normal bone marrow. <laughs> After that, you can go to your shift at the diner. 
in the shitty section because you're the worst because you're a bad waitress. You can't even get the good section. Eat so it. yeah, so daughter wanders off and like slams her door and everything and dad wants to go do something about it but mom's like she's dying, dude. Why invest the effort? Let's wait, her wait out. let's watch Bandersnatch again but choose the tricks. We'll choose the Ooh. tricks this time. Oh, let's do it. Come on. Can't do it on an Apple TV. You gotta watch it on my computer. <laughs> Man. Oh, is that is that true? You couldn't you couldn't You can't watch Netflix no, on an Apple TV? That's true. Can't weird. watch the interactive ones on an Apple TV. Did you use the firewire cord? No, I used it. What? <laughs> weird that you would have spent more to buy a TV that has less functionality than a normal uh, one. That sucks. I like my Apple. Okay. Maybe, so, maybe carry your entire TV to the Genius Bar. And <laughs> they have that, right? All right. So meanwhile. It's a good function. <laughs> cello guy is awfully cold. And we know that because we watch him being cold for 11 and a half minutes. Oh, uh, it's just <laughs> several minutes of him breathing and looking at a photo frame. Oh. Yeah, at a certain point, I wrote in my notes, like, we get it. He's cold. What are we reinforcing now? But then Sean shows up at his tent. <laughs> and he, he has like a party foul. Come on, you can't barge in on a man's picture weeping time. That's sacred. <laughs> what are you doing? And oh, oh, by the way, too. OK, so he wants to know, like, Cello is like, yeah, you can stay with me tonight in my little weird tent thing. But you have to tell me how your date went. As you do it, I'm going to open this can with a can opener so squeaky, it's basically a comedy prop. <laughs> no, go ahead. Keep telling me about your date. <laughs> Sorry, just, just making sure all the these slide whistles work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So dad's looking for work in the newspaper because this movie was made in 2015. That's how people found jobs and. 2015, right? The newspaper. <laughs> There's a TGI Fridays really close. Like, I know where they are. They're in Monroe, New York. I know. <laughs> I know the manager. It's Tim. Tim is the manager of the TGI Fridays. There, you just you're all you just pretend you don't see his dead teeth. He will hire you. You're good. <laughs> Everyone fails that interview. Find out that Tim is a listener. All Any right. questions about the job? Yeah, man. What the fuck happened to your teeth? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next. I mean, not teeth. Shit. <laughs> All right. So mom goes to check on Angelica, but something's wrong. We don't get to know what it is yet. Because then we cut over to cello guy waking up in his tent. Yeah. <laughs> and he he has looked at, he has taken his stare at picture and they have this amazing like little mini fight. Like, hey, 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 this is my picture. That's your thumb picture. Don't you don't rub your thumb along another guy's picture. That's my thumb picture. <laughs> and what was it doing out? So like before a homeless kid went to sleep, he took a picture out of his pocket and laid it on the ground next to him and then went to sleep? I, well, no, he then jerked off and then went to sleep. I feel like we know how the picture got there, man. Come on, don't don't, don't play naive. Uh, he, he, I, used that, he used her headshot the same way that we did. I would put that back in my pocket at that point. Well, that's um, true, yeah. You're just a little same. more cleanly than he is. Or at least leave it on my chest where it would stay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we're at the hospital. 
uh, because Angie's all hospitalized. Her her cancer apparently leveled up. Yeah, she's she's got third act syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Well, right, right, exactly. <laughs> so Sean goes to visit her at her apartment, and Cello is following him. <laughs> all right, like sneaking along behind him, uh, uh, Boondock Saint style. And yeah, we have he's in the Boondock Saints, by the yeah, way. That's, that's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Patrick Flannery, <laughs> Sean Patrick Powder. Flannery. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The best. <laughs> I love that movie. But he goes to the hallway and she's not at the apartment. So suddenly Tommy, little black cancer boy, shows up in her hallway. Right. To deliver a message. He never questions this, by nope. the way. <laughs> he's just like, oh, what do you have to tell me, Tommy? Oh, you need to go and you have something to give her. Um, you want to look away so I can vanish? That's <laughs> the extent of it. I want it so badly when they do the he looks away and Tommy vanished for it to just pan over and Tommy is collapsed. <laughs> goes, oh, nope, still there. He's just, just laying uh, up on the landing having a seizure. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is fucking... And Sean's walking away going, wow, was he an angel or Batman or something? Help me just... <laughs> Came all the way here. Are you perched on a pole next to Chris Walken? What are you doing there? Yes. Oh, Tommy and Christopher Walken doing coke off a of hooker's boobs together. Yeah. yeah. Tommy. <laughs> all right. So now, okay, we cut to mom and dad meeting with the doctor and the doctor. This is the doctor's actual line. I'm sorry to tell you, but all of your daughter's numbers are dangerously low. <laughs> all her <laughs> numbers. So zero cancer. She's fine. She's yeah, fine. Yeah, but her saying. IQ is super dumb now. Oh, <laughs> really wanted this conversation to continue. I don't know how to tell you this, but all of your daughter's numbers are dangerously low. Uh, all of them? Yeah. All of them. I mean, first of all, she's 17, which is that age where like, right? Sure, legal. But like, what are you going to do? Bring her to hang out with your friends? They, they're going to talk about high school, right? This guy mm. gets it. This guy no, gets I, it. No, I do. Yeah, I get it. Doctor, doctor, we were here about her medical tests. Oh, yeah. Those numbers are bad, too. Look at this. Uh, there's a two, uh, a five. This one here is a one. Oh, just the number. What does that mean? What are, what are those numbers? Oh, it is about? not good. Yeah, not good. She's going to need some more of uh, of the stuff, the red stuff. Oh, it goes in your body. What's Do you it called? Mean blood? Yes, that's it. Blood. What the fuck is wrong with this hospital? It's a what now? So, yeah, no, of course. All right. But the key here is the chemo isn't working. She needs a transplant right now. Damn it. <laughs> the doctor's like, yeah, her bone marrow got, got pissed about something and just fucking shot some poison. Did you let her take any walks recently? <laughs> yeah, right. Bone marrow hates walks. Right. And, and he's acting like this is the first time they've considered transplant. He's like, oh, no, it's, it's important now. Have you? Have you called all the relatives? Because I I know up until now, we've just sort of been half-assing it and <laughs> yeah, trying to right. find your daughter a donor. <laughs> really really post on Facebook. Not just one post. <laughs> Share your own post. Do that thing where you like it and comment on it. Really boosts it in the algorithm. <laughs> I get so happy when doctors show up in these movies. Like 
especially when they have to talk. It's always the best. This doctor's like, all right, so we need to give her a transplant like right now. And dad's like, oh, okay. Um, did you find her a donor? Doctor's like, no. Donor. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. right. Okay. You get how it's weird that you presented That's the information like that just me. now, Sorry. right? <laughs> Well, and also like, they try to have medical discussions, but like the writer was too lazy to look anything up. So the so the dad literally starts going like, what about the new drug I read about in the pamphlet? And the doctor goes like, I know the new drug, but she's too cancery for that. Sorry. It's like, guys, Doc. you could have looked something uh, up. Okay. Can can you go check in the back? Like, it's, is this like a shoe store? Can you? Get, is there any like Welsh Cuban bone marrow in back you could find? <laughs> check the hole in the back, man. In the back, you know. Don't pretend you don't know that there's the back. Doc, hear me out. What if we take a white guy and a Spanish guy and we sort of smoosh them Smash together? Them together. <laughs> okay, yeah. There we go. What if we get a bunch of Irish guys to fuck a bunch of Latin women? Hold on, hold on. This has nothing to do with my daughter's cancer. Um, <laughs> Step out of you, Doc. So, all right. So, mom and dad are hovering over her near corpse, and dad's pretty sure he knows more about cancer medicine for reading that pamphlet than the doctor knows. Uh, but then they have to just, like, mom and dad have to have another fight, right? Because right. these two will never give you any indication whatsoever that they even care for each other's company. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a great fight. <laughs> She's like, okay, I have an idea. Uh, don't be unemployed, you bitch. Maybe have a job. <laughs> oh, be better at bulldozing. Dozing. You fell asleep. Zing. <laughs> but, okay, and she's like, mom's points here are so horrible, right? She's like, you know, you always have problems, but never solutions. My daughter has cancer. Meh, meh, meh. Why haven't you cured cancer yet, you lazy fuck? <laughs> All you do is come up with problems. So I just want to remind you, this is your fault. I laughed so hard she when she says that. She actually says that. She says, I want you to know it's your fault. It is, though. He, he lost his job with insurance for sleeping in a bulldozer. That's Is that not his fault? The insurance part is definitely his fault. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like there, there's no medicine happening because they don't have the insurance. No, The right. doctor doesn't say, oh, we've got... Because, again, that would be stakes. They're just fighting about the insurance because they're like, look, she's going to die and the bill is going to be what twice three times as high you asshole right yes exactly it's not like insurance <laughs> would allow them to do something that they wouldn't otherwise be doing now here yeah um all right so dad storms off testily and as he's walking out sean's coming into the hospital and cello is f still following him surreptitiously <laughs> he's sneaking by oh, there there could be like a cartoon boink 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 oh boink, he, he might boink. as well be carrying a little bush with him and shit yeah <laughs> Pans to him. He's like, I'm the one providing that music. I have the cello. <laughs> okay. And so this is just a great demonstration of how little attention the writer is paying to their own fucking movie. Because when cello walks to the hospital, he's following Sean, but then he sees Angelica's dad and starts following him instead. Now, cello has no goddamn way of knowing this is Angelica's dad. He just likes following. Right. He's just into following people now. <laughs> He got distracted. That guy looks interesting. Yes. <laughs> ding, What's ding, he doing? ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Dude, you should switch keys if you're going to follow me. I think I would be a different key. Okay. So then, and I, this is maybe my favorite moment in the entire movie. 
Dad's feeling bummed, so he goes to get in the car, but when he goes to open the door of the car, the door handle literally rips off in his hand. <laughs> I thought the only way this makes sense if Dad discovers his superpower. Yeah. That is the only... <laughs> What a stupid fucking way to reinforce the bad days. You might as well lean on the car and it just falls into 180 <laughs> pieces like Johnny Five just took it apart or something. <laughs> he, he turns on the car, sets off the EMP in his pocket right. by accident. Oh, right. yeah. motherfuck. I'm having a bad day. Why was I carrying this in my pocket? <laughs> stupid. All right. So dad wanders off. He goes to a guess where. A goddamn church. Now, at first, he can't get the door open, and I'm ready for him to just rip the door handle off of that as well. <laughs> but no, Black Hodor comes out right before he has to kick his way in, Jason Statham style. <laughs> and the priest says, hey, man, what were you doing to my door? And he's like, I wasn't having sex with it at all, is what I was doing. Nothing. Nope. You want to come inside? <laughs> uh, sure. You got any... Handles in there. No, no, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, so the priest brings him in and he says, here, let's have a third act talk. And he's like, I could really use a third act talk. So dad tells the priest, you know, I don't have insurance. So my daughter's going to die because America is utter and complete shit. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful yep. to see this priest like readjust his game plan. He's like, oh, what's got you down? And he's like, my daughter's dying of cancer that your God gave her. Ooh, okay. So uh, let me let me start about uh, mysterious ways. You know mystery? <laughs> you know have ways? You, okay. <laughs> have you heard of the Johnson Amendment? It's pretty much we're getting rid of it. So like, <laughs> we're allowed to do what, what we want. And we... Yeah, so the priest is like, hey, don't listen to your wife. She's wrong. It's not your fault. It's God's fault. Uh, speaking of which, would you like to worship him while you're here? The guy It's who the best. Yeah. Hey, Mark, real quick, I know you're doing a little monologue about your daughter. How would you feel about switching religion? <laughs> <laughs> like he's trying to get you to sign up for the rewards card as you're cashing out, you know? <laughs> he's just like, well, you're here. It'll save you. 15% on this no, purchase. And stop, yeah. stop, no. I already pushed the decline button on the credit card machine. You're not okay. Well, no, I canceled it. I have a button over here that cancels that. So you have one more shot. Uh, what were you saying? You needed like bone marrow or something like that? <laughs> we need, uh, we have a charity thing for don't, let, let me check if anybody put some bone marrow in the collection plate this week. <laughs> no. What is it? It's kind of yellow. Is it yellow or red? I think it's I'm red. useless. Yeah. Okay, so now Tommy comes to visit Angelica in the hospital, right? She's like wakes up from her stupor in the hospital and Tommy's there and he says, hey, I brought you the charm bracelet that you gave back to Sean. And she says, why would you do that? And he says, it'll matter in another like three, give it three scenes. It'll make sense. Oh, my God. It's a he's just like, ah, oh, trust me, riddles. Anyways. I'm dead. Probably could have told you some big secrets or something, but um, <laughs> here's a here's a bracelet and a coincidence. Yeah, right. But he tells her, but he says, hey, and uh, Sean, when he comes, will be bringing you something. Yeah. She says, what's he going to give me? And I wanted so badly for little Tommy to just be like, the D. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's it's a uh, bone marrow. Yeah. So, but she's going, Tommy, 
Tommy. And just then her mom wakes up. I guess mom was passed out in the room while this was happening. And she's like, no, honey, Tommy isn't here. Either he's a ghost or you're losing your mind because of all the dying. <laughs> and maybe just like disappear and reappear right away. If you want to prove you're an angel, that would help. Angel thing. That's like your go-to magic power, man. That's that's carrying the team. You don't have to be like cryptic about it. Let's <laughs> take it seriously. It's got a message for mommy appears. Uh, the customer at four is going to want that pie a la mode. Uh, if you bring it over without the ice cream, going to send it back. Sorry. You don't, you don't have a lot going on. Ice cream Oof. scoop. God, <laughs> right? What? No. All right. So, Cello, um, now, as apparently Cello was hanging out in the church, listening in on dad giving his confession to the priest, uh, to the priest. So he goes back to his homeless home and he takes all of his stuff except his flask. He's not an alcoholic anymore. Oh, you keep the flask. You might. That's stupid. Yeah. It's, yeah, right, right. No, exactly. You're homeless. Sell it or something, I guess. All right. Well, but then uh, Sean shows up at the hospital, right? And he tells the nurse, he's like, hey, I have to see Angelica. Tommy told me she was here. And she and she's just like, hey, I know this is super illegal. Tommy's dead. Uh, oh, no, trust <laughs> me. He is dead. Uh, we got his body. We're doing a really tasteless puppet show <laughs> in the back. You want to <laughs> Did you give Hervé the 50 bucks? Because you can watch it. It's got like a Pinocchio theme. Is he tap dancing? That's <laughs> offensive. <laughs> so all right, so but but Sean's like, well, Tommy can't be dead. I just spoke to him one scene ago. So now he just starts walking through the hallways of the hospital yelling for Tommy. Yo, Tommy, this fucking bitch is saying you're fucking dead, bro. Get out here. Talk to her. And of course, the the hospital, as they all do, has an enormous pro wrestler for a fucking orderly. Right? Yeah. Whoever made this movie thinks all... African-American adults are double the size of a human. Yes. White yes. 98 feet tall. <laughs> yes. Now, I will say, though, he's got good running strategy. If the guy chasing you is more muscular than you, use a lot of stairs. He has to carry more weight up him than you do. Mm, well, not necessarily if that doesn't apply to everyone. But yeah. But yeah, the, the movie seems to think that this chase is crazy amounts of dramatic. Nope. It's not. No. Uh, but eventually he does slip the orderly and just coincidentally, he does so by ducking into Angelica's room. Right. And then the orderly immediately gives up. He's like, oh, I'd lost him. Well, <laughs> yes, I lost him right in front of this door. Damn it. Where could he be? <laughs> All right. What are I'm going to go do, follow right? this cello guy. He seems to be following somebody else. This will be fun. <laughs> just them following each other in a circle. <laughs> blink, blink, blink. Are you singing it? I'm doing the cello. I've got a cello for that. <laughs> All right, so Angie, um, so he comes in and Angie says, oh, Sean, Tommy told me you were coming. And he's like, wait a minute. They said Tommy was dead. And so they both collectively realize that Tommy is twins. I feel like I'd have gone to twins first. <laughs> Would she die for a lie? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And of course, she has the charm bracelet, which is which means that which means that ghost Tommy stole this bracelet from Sean while he was asleep. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it means that like the kid Tommy dies of cancer and he goes up to like the pearly gates and God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa just uh, one second. I'm gonna give you an errand before you get in. 
you're going to need to do a thing. He shows up at the gates of heaven and Peter's like, oh, cool. Postmates is here. And he's like, no, actually, I'm a little boy who died. Of- no, okay, here you go, dude. And honestly, if I hear you didn't deliver this bracelet, I'm going to be fucking pissed. One star. I'm not afraid to give one star. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, back to letting this repentant rapist into heaven forever. Come on in here, big guy. You Sorry, wait, sorry. one more thing. Scoop of ice cream. Scoop. Oh, he's, done. <laughs> he's not going to say it. Fuck. I'll, right. You know what? I'll put it in the little messages. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sean and, and um, Angie are, are flirting at the at the hospital. and the But the orderly comes in. He's like, ah, I figured you may have gone into the door where I lost you. I did. Eventually, I did figure that out. You got to go. It's not visiting hours. And dying cancer girl goes, but don't make him go. He's my boy for... He's, I don't like labels, but um, he's a guy and I'm a girl. I don't, I don't know. I feel like she could have pulled the I'm dying card and got the order to orderly to leave Sean, right? Well, see, th- this movie brought up a lot of questions about that. Like, because at a hospital, you got to eventually stop giving out I'm dying cards, right? It's just like, okay, you got two jellos yesterday. No, come on. Come on with me. <laughs> Also, by the way, he goes, she goes, hey, Tommy said you would have something for me. And he goes, oh, what a dick. I don't. I, I don't. I yeah, don't tell you. No, I have uh, this deodorant picture of you with come on. It. <laughs> I was going to give you this hearty high five. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Scoop of ice cream. No. <laughs> All right, so now the orderly escorts him to the elevator. And while he's there, Tommy appears like he hears Tommy for a moment while he's in the elevator. And he realizes that the gift that he had for Angelica was in his bones the whole time, guys. (laughs) Come on. That's a great twist. It was in his bones the whole time. And the way he realizes this, it's so forced. The orderly guy's like, Hey, so uh, Irish Cuban kid with plenty of bone marrow. Let's get out of here. And he's like, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And oh, also we see cello guy. Cello guy's in the hospital for some reason. And he's walking out as dad's coming back in from the church. Right. And he says, hey, man, the cello guy turns to dad and says, hey, man, everything's going to be all right. And then he waddles off to not hurt anybody. And dad's just like, huh, I wonder if that homeless guy was right about everything being okay now. I wonder if that homeless guy (laughs) is a secret millionaire and just paid off all of my daughter's medical bills with a bag of gross cash. Yeah. uh (laughs) And which means, by the way, that either he's had just tens of thousands of dollars in cash on him this whole time, or it means he went to a fucking bank with a paper bag and said, put like 50 grand in that. I think he's recreationally homeless. Yeah. No, that's what we're supposed to get from this. Yeah. All right. Or he got all that money in like a really nice briefcase and then was like, you know what? I'm going to put this in a bag. Right. Yes. Home- homelessness is really my thing. I'm gonna <laughs> carry the theme. Yeah. But that's actually what happens. He, he hands a gross bag to the doctor and we watch the doctor like, being like, oh, that's perfect. That's the amount of money we need. But <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to watch the doctor count the money and be like, all right, well, that's all singles. This is like three. <laughs> this is like three hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, 
It's like 200 grand for a bone marrow transplant. <laughs> I kind of um, wanted the doctor to just be like, okay, no one knows I have this money, but me and a homeless guy. Oh, look, <laughs> a note. I'm going to crumple this up. And <laughs> someone left me. <laughs> homeless guy, come back here. Blam. All right. Everything is all set. Okay. So I don't know if we're there yet, but can we talk about the note? Because the handwriting on this note, all I can say is I wrote that note. I paused it. I paused it because it is entirely illegible. It says donation for Angelica Jacob Jelly for her bone marrow transplant gifted for my daughter and wife, Emily Johnson. But it is scrawled in crayon. It is amazing. It's what you imagine it looks like when Donald Trump writes. Or me. Yeah, well, that's true. That too. There's like red underline on the handwritten notes. <laughs> I I just come in and start adding commas and shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but yeah, but it just so happened that Sean was a perfect match. He was Irish and Latin, and just didn't know it because he's an orphan and doesn't know what his parents were like. Now, keep in mind, he has a sister that's seven years younger than him, so he was at least seven or eight when his parents died. I mean, they would he would you would think he would. Anyway, yeah, they, again, these people were not thinking about their own movie at all. And now, okay, so now it's time for her to get better. So we get like a little montage. The priest is reading the Bible to mom and dad, and they're happy and Christian now and not fighting anymore. Right, and and Sean actually did get to, I guess when he got arrested by that orderly, they found out that his previous step-parent or his previous foster parent was abusive, and so he only had to do community service. For for a pair, okay, so th- his criminal background is he pushed their foster dad down the stairs so that him and his sister could escape, right? That's what he's been running from this whole time. Murdering the guy, right? Well, well I, I, no. No, he's like, not dead. <laughs> hurting the guy. That's all they get. That's all they... <laughs> That that's what he did. That was his criminal background. He got angry and kind of hurt someone. Anyway, but they gave him community service over it, and the, the nice family adopted him. Yes, yeah, right, right. The family that had the daughter. Also, I, apparently, Angelica's family adopted Tommy's older brother, Black Hodor. It's very confusing. He's there at dinner. Yeah, they're having dinner together, and he's just there. He's like, this is a named character dinner. <laughs> also, I'm Brandon. Sh- Sean and her are dating, but there's no way that relationship's going to work. Every time they get in a fight, you know that he's going to be like, oh, that's fine. No, I mean, I just gave you my bone marrow, saved your life, but it's cool. No, go out with your friends. It's cool. It's cool. No, well, have brunch. And have the brunch. other Enjoy thing, brunch. too, that's going to come up is the fact that she is so much more attractive than Sean. Like, like she's going to have to, at a certain point, be like, look, dude, when we met, I was dying of cancer, you know, had one month to get laid. I was kind of had to. And I got to go with whatever homeless guy was there. But now, you know, it was, I was doing the swipe every direction on Tinder. If you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Mm. Oh, yeah. You're ugly. And then the movie <laughs> ends on a, a Maya Angelou quote. And it's actually just a gorgeously beautiful fucking quote because, you know, the writer of this movie had nothing to do with it. 
Yeah, exactly. Typical. And, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne bullshit ending. You can't write your own? Steal from Maya Angelou. Great. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The quote, by the way, is, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That's a good way to live your life. I like that. A lovely quote. That's why no one associated with this movie could have written it. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so that's the end of the movie. I have a weird fucking question about this. The name of the movie is My First Miracle. Who is speaking that title in the first person? <laughs> Tommy. Um, Tommy. This is a uh, prequel to Tommy's angel story. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying homeless pickpocket who got to go on a date. I was thinking <laughs> cello guy. Right? Like, like it is completely unclear whose fucking miracle this was. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, I feel like as bad as this movie was, I don't think I can complain because I didn't have to watch it with Eli's in-laws. So to close things off, I ask you both, what's the worst thing that you could do with Eli's in-laws that would still be better than watching this movie? <laughs> All right. Well, I would happily mime the term power bottom during a game of charades. <laughs> with Eli's in-laws. Keith has witnessed my father-in-law mime power bottom. So. I'd also not just mime it, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, so I obviously I have some experience with this. I'm going to go with walk in a single direction ever. <laughs> um, I know a little inside baseball, but just, you know, if you ever get a chance to walk in a single direction with my in-laws, you'll you'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> and you'll spend the rest of your life finding them. <laughs> I think it was God's first miracle. Okay. All right. There you well, go. Now it makes sense. <laughs> You know, they've been talking about it for years. I might as well once in a while cure some cancer. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our review of the fault in our script, but it's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to talk our way back into your ear holes next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Science falsely so called. Oh, hell yeah. Live show in Dallas. Still time to get Live tickets. This is the last fucking chance, though. We've given you several weeks on this. This is your last fucking chance. Get the tickets or we're not letting you come. Yeah. It's fucking final now. Six All right. Votes. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 177 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Skidding Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slot, Nickel Beaver, Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions. Promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Animal House clothes. The Chemo Staring Contest replaced beer pong as the number one drinking game at college fraternity parties <laughs> and at God Awful Movies live shows. Usually those move in sync. <laughs> Tommy's brother went on to help Saul and Vinny rob Bricktop. <laughs> if you aren't already registered, re register as a bone marrow donor. You gotta, you gotta do. Uh, you got put up with it. There's like a, you gotta. I know, you gotta do it.
I literally remembered that I hadn't done that because of this movie and registered. I was like, oh, I forgot to do that. And it literally just went online while this movie droned in the bathroom. I was like, bone marrow, go. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.